Kansas City is what the eighth stop for you on this particular tour. Close I to that? believe that it is the eighth or the ninth. Yeah, I, I I'm not counting anymore. That's fine. No, <laughs> but it's a good way to end the tour. Fifteen dates. Fifteen dates. Pretty short tour. Kind of the way I like to do it now. Don't want to stay out too long. How, how's it been so far? Been good, man. I mean, you know, I think the show's been good. Um, we always do well on merch, which is uh, good for me personally. Absolutely. Uh, could have had more people, but you could always have more people. I yes. think I feel like the promo might have been might have been handled better, but you know, just to be brutally fucking honest about it, I think it could have been better. Okay. Um, but you know, I mean, the show's been fucking great. You know, um, and the people that came out, they're fucking happy. So you know, everybody's happy in that sense. How have people been reacting to the return to Era One? Uh, really, really good. Um, I've had guys that. You know, come up to me and go like, "Hey, man, I've been listening to your stuff for like twenty five years," and I'm like, "Shit, that's a long time to stick around." You yeah. know what I mean? So I, I thought that was fantastic. It's just to get like those guys. You know, there's always like a couple of those like every night, and then you know, hey, I've been listening to you since like ninety six or ninety five or ninety four. Some even from back in the Emperor days, like ninety one, ninety two. You know, I'm talking like you're getting close to thirty years. So um, that's some dedication, and I really appreciate that. So it's always nice to hear that. Are you finding more people that are coming out specifically to hear that, or do you get people that are sh- showing up expecting the industrial rock band? I, I don't know. I mean, I, there might be uh, the odd person that hasn't quite uh, gotten with the program and hasn't realized that what I do now is a back to roots kind of thing. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not that cynical I don't go out there doing like market analysis and ask everybody right what do you expect tonight why did you come out yada 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 I don't really do that so it's it's okay. kind of kind of difficult to answer that but impression I'm getting is people know what they're going into coming out of the black metal scene what got you into electronic music um step by step I guess I mean you know um when I was into black metal and, and, and I was into other things at the same time, I was I always had it. I was probably fairly close-minded, but I mean, I did have a somewhat eclectic taste in metal. I mean, I was into heavy metal and black metal and some death metal at the time, you know. So I, it was it was like somewhat wide, perspective-wise. Um, but as soon as I kind of started really appreciating the atmospherics of black metal i opened up to the atmospherics of certain other types of music as well and and a lot of that was sort of um, um, experimental industrial music and things like that you know I, I started discovering stuff like you know the sort of originators of industrial music like throbbing gristle psychic tv and you know boyd rice and things like that and uh, um at the same time, I was also discovering, you know, what what they call crowd rock, and a lot of those uh, old oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, pioneers are not happy with that name. But you know, terms are terms; you can't get away from it. Right. Uh, so I was getting into Klaus Schulz, so, you know, early Kraftwerk and Tangerine Dream and things like that. At the same time, because that to me, um, that all had this really interesting. In my world, I I, I saw it as a dark type of atmosphere. Perhaps not Kraftwerk so much because they were a bit poppy, but I appreciated their catchiness anyway. But I was I was connecting with those elements, and um, you know, as, as the '90s wore on, I was I was becoming more and more sort of. Um, I, I, I mean, I grew older, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I started appreciating more varied music and uh, 
eventually I started discovering stuff like ministry, Nine Inch Nails, and those types of things. Um, I was aware of Nine Inch Nails since the early 90s when, when Head Like a Hole came out and I saw the video as a kid and I, I didn't understand it at the time because I was just into like Hellhammer and Sodom and stuff like that. But I, I did look at the video because it was playing a lot on TV and I'm thinking, this is fucking something different. I'm, I don't understand it, but it's definitely different. And years and years later, the Nine Inch Ministry, the, those types of skinny pop, you know, those guys, they, they became like really, really important to me in, in the sense that I realized they were very, very creative. Um, I loved, eventually, when I started understanding it more, I really did appreciate the fact that they kind of like, they smashed several genres together and made it into like this mutated new thing. And that was very inspiring to me, especially towards the end of the 90s, as I was looking for something new to do. One of the things that at least I've perceived is that there is a bias in a lot of the metal community against electronic music. Is that something you've butted up against? I've, I've just kind of seen it happen. I mean, I guess I've seen reviews where they, they, they quite just don't understand what's going on. Actually, I've seen that. Those reviews oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you live with it. You know, it's, it is what it is. Um, I can't make the rules. Um, I make music I want to fucking you know, that inspires me, and then, then that's as far as it goes for me. Is it frustrating sometimes? I mean, yeah, I suppose it is, you know. I mean, you make something that you're fucking happy with, and that you feel like you're being creative, and uh, somebody goes, this isn't black metal. <laughs> <laughs> and you go, well, it was never fucking supposed to be. I mean, what the fuck? But, fuck it, man. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Just fucking cave in and go like, okay, I'll make something else that gets to make you happy. Some asshole in Greece or something like that. That's unhappy with what the fuck, you know, whatever I do. I don't give a fuck about that, you know. So, uh, it is what it is. But, I suppose certain people just want things clean. Which sounds like they're fucking racist to me. But, uh, that's their fucking problem, you know. So, I did an entire crash course in your catalog. Right. Um, the, the album that I seem to have latched on to myself is uh, Perfectly Defect. Yeah, that um, is um, that is a strange record. <laughs> it's very, very much an instrumental album. It's got, I believe, I, um, I think it's got 10 or 12 songs on it and less than half has vocals. Um, it was actually made at the same time as, as The Great Deceiver. And the way that it kind of, uh, that, that sort of panned out, was that I was making all this music at the same time and I realized shit this is more than one record and a lot of this stuff is kind of weird and strange and artistic because a lot of times I just follow ideas and see what happens and all of a sudden you got this strange fucking song and, but I guess that's natural that was maybe the way it was supposed to be but yeah so I had a whole big selection of like instrumentals slash strange music and then there was another selection of music that I felt was was um, quote-unquote easier listening slightly more traditionally arranged and things like that and I'm thinking okay so this should be my main album The Great Deceiver then I'll put all this other stuff out on uh, Perfectly Defect and that'll be my artistic strange album so it was just this little sort of conscious decision to sort of like, oh, like this song goes there that song goes there um, so that's how that came around, but, it, but you're not the only one to say that. And I think that's very interesting. I think it's cool that people pick that record because it kind of, kind of means a lot to me too because that record is strange and it's, it's, it's weird. So just for that reason alone, I think it's great that people pick it out. Um, it means I'm not the only weird person around. <laughs> and, uh, and also the fact that I, I, I used that album 
as the middle finger to the industry. That was the one that I actually put up on Bandcamp and I said, this is for free. This is the straight gift from me to all the fans, or whoever. Not that they don't have to be fast. They just, you know, just punching a couple of fucking buttons, and the album's yours. It doesn't have to cost you a dime. Um, so that was that was that was that was kind of a milestone for me in the sense that I was able to like it's like my protest album. <laughs> I was just so sick of the industry. I mean, all the fuckery and the fucking rip off and the stuff that's going on. And, and uh, you know, how has this all gotten so difficult? So it was like, fuck off, here's my album, have it for free, appreciate you guys for just staying around. So it's, it's, got, it's got a lot of symbolic meaning to me. It's atmospheric because it is mostly <clears throat> instrumental, but it's still heavy. It's, I love the break beats that they're in in the song. like that. Oh, the Thieving Bastards and that stuff. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't the only one I didn't think, but yeah, stuff so like there's that. There's a couple of them that has that. I was, it, there, was there was a part in, uh, there was a moment in time when I was really getting into that sort of like British Big Beat, uh, Chemical Brothers Prodigy, Fatboy Slim type of thing. Um, and I, I really, I, 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 so I, I dove into that a little bit and I kind of mixed it into my own kind of thing. And uh, well, There was also uh, some kind of bluesy guitars in there on, on a yeah, couple yeah. tracks too. Yeah, yeah, there were, there were some weird, <laughs> strange stuff going on. We were very experimental in the studio. We were in this cool studio. We didn't really have a time limit or anything, and there was a lot of great equipment. And it was just like one of those magical times where, you know, um, here's a ton of fucking gear. See what happens, <laughs> you know. And how often does that happen? You know, what I mean, so you just, you just got to seize the opportunity. Okay, so you released the Spirit of Rebellion. Mm -hmm. uh, you're doing this tour. What's your plans after this? I said this a few times before, and of course, this stuff gets in the way. But um, the idea is to sit down and start working on some new music. Okay. I have a lot of stuff like this laying around on, on hard drives, and that just kind of started and wasn't able to, for some reason or other, to, to, to pick up and then continue on. It's a, a classic, like, well, I got this little thing that it might not be more than just like a melody idea or something like that, but it's like good enough to keep, you know. So, uh, yeah, the idea is this start pulling all that stuff out and uh, try to put it together and get something out of it. I've heard in several interviews where you talk about dealing with depression. Right. Uh, and it's probably the same thing throughout the world. I only know the United States and whatnot. Uh, depression is, and suicide awareness and things like that have become a bigger issue within the community, especially with Cold Waves Festival. The death of Jamie Duffy kind of starting that whole thing. and kickstarting a lot of industrial stuff back in the United States. Right. Uh, I, I was just wondering if you could speak to how depression has affected you, at least creatively. Yeah, I mean, creatively, um, well, I mean, first of all, thankfully, I haven't really felt, um, I haven't gone to that those dark places in a while. Um, I, I know a lot of people that's, that do still, and I'm very, very glad to say that I'm, I'm not there. I, but you, you never know. It's you know, it this famous last, I'm doing well now. <laughs> Two months later, you're fucking floating up in a riverbank, you know? Yes. Yeah, so, so don't speak too soon. And I don't want to be sound negative. That's a, that's a pretty negative start. But um, as for me, whenever I was in that space of mind, um, I would, you're never able to do much when you, you just kind of close down and you're, you're, you deal with your thoughts and all that stuff and uh, you, you do your best to fight through it and um, but what I as an artist what I've done is like once once you're through that stuff um, you kind of look back and you never forget how you felt so it can be inspiring and in retrospective so lyrically you can write some really true stuff you know um, based upon how you what you were dealing with um, 
So, you know, I, I always said that I had that privilege and a lot of people don't. I mean, I can at least turn that bullshit into something um, creative in hindsight. So that's a great thing for me, you know, uh, to be able to do that. And I hope other artists uh, kind of at least get something out of it in the same way. Instead of just going like, oh, God, I feel like shit all the time. And then that's all there is to it. At least you can kind of beat the demon by going, well, at least I'm profiting off of you. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. And I apologize that you had to come in Kansas City on Super Bowl day when the Chiefs are actually playing in the game. I was aware of it. I was uh, <laughs> Chuck, the, the guy that was sitting here, uh, been my friend for 25 years. Um, he warned me a couple of weeks ago. So I, I've been aware of it. I knew it was going to Well, I know that it will most likely get crazy. So out in the streets or whatever the fuck, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the show starts afterwards. So I think you'll still be all right. Mm. <laughs> Good. I don't know when I'm on. I'm, I'm assuming 10 or something. I never get handed stage time. So it's like, well, why, why do I just make the decision myself? All right, it's going to be 2 o'clock in, in, in the morning. I'll do like an Axel Rose, keep people in for like four hours. I've been There'll be like one person left up. <laughs> and that's a bouncer. <laughs> <laughs>